You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm speaking these weeks on when a nation forgets God. When a nation, there's always repercussions. I just want to tell you, I'll probably be gone. I've lived a good long life. But I want you to know that you're going to be left behind here. The Lord tarries and is coming. I want you to know what it's going to be like. I, I, I grew up in the 50s when we went to school and we pledged every day the flag. And every day when we had a little, little, little jar of milk and graham cracker, our public school teacher, 15 minutes from here, always led us in, in prayer. The principal came into our, our junior high, 1963, when John F. Kennedy was shot, and he told us what happened, and he said, I'm going to ask the students in a public school, probably 15 minutes from here, I want you all to go to prayer, and then I want you to go home for the day. A man still puts his hand on a King James Bible and raises it, and he says, I take an oath to uphold the Constitution when he becomes sworn in as president of the United States. This city, when I came here, always opened in prayer Tuesday nights when there was a city council meeting. Eventually, they've gone to now a moment of Meditation or whatever God you have. The Bible says, Neither is there's not another God under heaven given amongst men whereby ye must be saved. One God, one mediator. This country, that's why they're trying to tear apart our foundation. Ah, a bunch of old white men had their way. You know that you'll see in the weeks to follow every group of people have suffered because of their skin or because of their beliefs. The greatest group that you'll hear in history, nearly 50 to 100 million were white people that would not renounce their faith in Jesus Christ in 500 years. That's why you have the catacombs in Rome where they killed white Christians. I'm not for killing anybody. The Ten Commandments says we're not to kill. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jews were slaughtered by the millions, by one man alone, Hitler, my homeland. I'm glad they kept it that way so you could go see his gas chambers. They're not proud of it, but they want you to know what happened during the war. You major every ethnic group. Do you know that today Christians are being slaughtered by another religious group around the world? Just in Iran recently, another youth pastor was slaughtered for his faith in Jesus Christ. When man gets away from God, he'll hate, he'll hurt, he'll seek to ruin another person's life because they themselves are so messed up, they're without God. When a nation forgets God, today we're in chapter one, how doth the city sit solitary? that was full of people. How has she become a widow? She that was great among the nations and princess among the province. How has she become a tributary? She weepeth sore in the night and her tears are on her cheek. 
Among all her lovers, she hath none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction. And because the great servitude, she dwelleth among the heathen and findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. The way of Zion do mourn because there's none to come to the solemn feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted. She is in bitterness. Her adversaries, adversaries are the chief. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord hath afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. And from the daughter of Zion, all her beauty is departed. Her princes are become like hearts that find no pasture, and they are gone without strength before the pursuer. Jerusalem remembered in the days of her affliction and her miseries of all pleasant things that she had been of days of old when her people fell into the hand of the enemy, but none did help her. The adversaries saw her and did mock at her Sabbaths. Jerusalem, Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. I'd like you today, this afternoon, or this week to take chapter one. I'd like you, as I have done in my chapter one, underscored the words that describe the condition of that day. I won't read them all, but you'll find the word weep in this passage repeatedly, and you'll find it in different forms, weep. You'll find tears and captivity and affliction. You'll find sighing and bitterness and adversaries and persecutions. You'll find in chapter one, treacherous and enemy and grievous and dispersed and backward and mock and sore and vile and transgressions and filthiness and desolate and troubled and faint and rebelled and sorrow, and wickedness, and mourn, and pursuer, and removed, and despised, and bereaved. Seventy words you'll find in just this one chapter that tells you the condition. Our country's there. You say, well, I wanted to come to a church today that talked about my relationships, and talked about hope, and talked to, there is hope in Jesus. But no counselor can give you hope for he is the counselor, the almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. There is no peace outside of Jesus. This book is gonna tell you, they looked for peace and so we found peace and there is no peace outside Jesus. John 14, he is the creator of peace. You take Jesus out of the equation and look what our government is doing. Our government does not want to have limited government. Our Constitution was written from the Federalist Papers. The Federalist Papers said limited government. We don't want government. We don't need another 100,000 IRS agents. We don't need more government, we need less. You builders that are trying to get permits from these cities around here to remove a toilet and put a new toilet in, it takes you two months. Something's wrong at City Hall. I'm talking about the fact that God's people's salvation allows you to be responsible to God and consequently, you'll be responsible to man. Our governor made a big statement this week. On the third anniversary of COVID next year, 
He said, I'm going to dispense with my three years emergency powers. He's made 600 edicts plus. That's dictatorship. A president that can say to all the people that work to pay their school bills, well, tough luck, but you that did not, we will go ahead and take about a trillion dollars and pay your debt. Guess who's paying for that? Ralph. I'm talking about the fact well, the Bible says if a man will not work, he should not eat. This man on my right, my son-in-law, thank God for him, 15 years in the 16 years in our Christian school. He's a man of God, a great preacher. We went after the soccer game this week, and a man saw him and said, uh, you got some money for dinner? I like what he said. I'm not going to give you money. I'll take you in one of those restaurants, whatever you want, I'll buy you a dinner. I don't know if the guy's able-bodied or not. He claims to know the Lord. I don't know if the man should be working, if he has the ability to work. I don't know all that. I like the spirit of the man. I like the fact that he took a gospel track and witness, and the man said, I'm born again. He said, you're from the church that runs all the buses. I'm glad for the reputation of that church. One of the best things we can do with our school systems, all, including our school system, is teach reading, writing, arithmetic, and God. I remember what God was taught in the schools, districts around here. I grew up in it. And in 63, the Supreme Court, nine justices said, no God in the schools, no Bible, and no prayer. How are we doing? We didn't have chains around the, fa- around the property. We didn't have guards at the property. We didn't have shootings on the property. I want to tell you something, friend. You take God out of any institution, a marriage, a life, a home, a business, and you'll have destruction every time. I won't have to probably worry about it, but you will. You know, our government's doing everything to blaspheme God. They think they're in charge of everything. We'll see in the weeks to follow how a nation rejects God because we think man is in charge of the climate. That's blasphemy against God. And if you think you're so in charge of the climate, I would like you in the month of November to give us a lot of rain. Because you can't do that. We think that there's abortion, and we'll get to that, because a nation destroys itself and it begins to devalue life, and now over 60 million babies have been slaughtered, and some of these politicians are are advocating, let's let you have the baby for eight days and then you decide. And yet a doctor raises his hand for a Hippocratic oath. Look, you'll see this in the scripture here. These five chapters, read them this week. These people rejected God. I wonder of the 60 plus million, Brother Bertram, I wonder which one of the 60 plus million, because we'll see this week, that God already had a purpose for their life. He already ordained a purpose. I wonder which one could have created the cure for cancer. I wonder which one said, let's slaughter this baby. Out of 60 million, somebody had to be able to do something. 
I'll tell you who the somebody was. Everybody. Because God, at the mother's womb, gives every person a task. And then it's up to us to find the task. I knew I couldn't be a preacher because I'd get so embarrassed. I'd get so red-faced. I'd break out in a sweat. And then I'd get all wound up. I'd start stuttering. So though I went to Bible college, I could not train to be a preacher because I knew I could not do that. And I wasn't in the ministry, but I wasn't a pastor. But I was in the ministry, I, I, got, I got to the point I realized that God wanted me to pastor. I, I, I wasn't trying to be proud and arrogant against God. It's just I knew he had chosen the wrong man. But now these 47 years at this church has been the greatest journey where I've pastored people. And I love every minute of it. You say, there's sorrows every single day. I go to sleep every night with this trial and this trouble and this sorrow. But I tell you what, I go to bed every night with people in my heart, too, that love God and love this place. Amen. You want to go, you want to find out about betrayal? Go in the ministry. Heartache, sin, disappointment, but that's in your job, too. That's part of life. We live in a day in which we're trying to redefine male and female. But God says in the beginning, God created male and female. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. We'll pay for surgeries. We've discovered now, we never knew this, that the last 12 years they've been mutilating children as young people. Doctors who have swore to the oath of life, our constitution, that life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. What's it going to take for us to wake up? Today, as we look at this text, we, 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 we find there's lying government and government control and the homes are falling apart. You know, I cannot think, and it could be a Republican or a Democrat, I cannot think of one righteous act this governor has made. I cannot think of one righteous act Mr. Biden has made. But I'll guarantee you, I pray for him more than you. And I don't want him to be assassinated or hurt. I feel so bad they keep trotting him out there. It's very obvious the man doesn't know where he's at. What wife would do that to him? It grieves me the way that, 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 that the, the man who's the greatest, the, the greatest office of political power in the world, America, is being humiliated. I don't know what party or what wife or what family would be willing to do that to a man. So sad. I don't want him to get hurt. I want him to come to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. In our text that's before us today, I want you to see when a nation forgets God, what it affects well, it affects the country. The Bible says in verse 1, how is a city in solitary? She was great amongst the nations. America was that, that Washington, D.C., the city on the hill shining forth. I remember I was in a meeting with about 80 men in Washington, D.C., and I, I sat close, and the new fellows are sitting to me, in front for two and a half hours of Mr. George Bush, the president. And he was advocating for us as a pastors to take money from the government 
to fund poverty situations. I won't take a dime. Government's not going to fund this church. God's going to fund this through, through his people. And when you take government money, there's always strings attached. After that meeting, I was gracious. I shook his hand. I have the picture in my office. I love it. Well, I'm telling you something, friend. He said that day, North Korea at that time was uh, threatening us with nuclear war. He said, we don't want nuclear war. We don't want bombs. We don't want anything. No, most of you don't know this, but America feeds North Korea with food. He said, we have always been a good nation. The French philosopher said, America is great because America is good. And when America ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. The city, the countries were affected. The country was affected. Notice in verse 2, she weepeth and her lovers, her friends, they've dealt treacherous. Now they're their enemies. Verse 3, Judah's gone into captivity. The heathen are, are, are now there. Look at verse 4, verse number 6. The beauty is departed. Verse number 7, Jerusalem is now in affliction. The country is affected when we forget God. Not only is our country affected, how does forgetting God affect God's men? I believe a man ought to get in the ministry and stay and just stay faithful to God till he dies. We're saying that a report came out 38% of pastors have quit the ministry during COVID. I have so many churches in a file right now that want pastors. Say, can you find us a pastor? We're having people watch today that don't have a pianist. They might be as many as 500 people and they sing with us and they watch our choir and they watch the message because they don't have a pastor. Not just in third world countries, here in the United States. Some watch it because they've been in church all day long and then they come home tonight and they just turn the TV on, make some popcorn and watch our service and shout hallelujah. Preachers are quitting. They're tired. I had one pastor younger than me said, I am just tired of babysitting Christians. All the conflicts, I'm tired of it. It's like a daycare. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all the people having issues. I'm tired of the betrayal. I'm tired of working only to find out that this, and I understand all that. But imagine Isaiah, who preached for 62 years, felt the same way. And imagine Jeremiah, who preached for 41 years, and both of those men never had one success. But they told about success that was coming, Isaiah 7, 14. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. God's going to be with us. Gave the voice of God and gave judgment was coming. 39 chapters, Isaiah, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming, like the 39 books of the Old Testament. And then he starts chapter 40, judgment came. So he says, comfort ye. I can't, I can't preach any more warning to you. Now you're in bondage, I have to comfort you. The next 27 chapters, like the New Testament, is how to have comfort. I'm preluding the comfort word. I'm warning us today. I'm warning myself. Men of God become affected. Look at what it says in verse 22. Let all their wickedness come before thee and do unto them as thou hast done unto me. 
for all my transgressors, my sighs are many and my heart is faint. Dear pastor that's watching me, I have so many dear pastors I love all around the globe, but so many of you dear pastors, you're faint and I understand it. Always financial difficulties, always, always family problems, always people problems, always staff issues, always something going on, lawsuits. It just seems like they're so excited about suing the church all the time. All that stuff is going on. Hey, you can't quit. Look what he says in verse 20. Behold, this is the man of God writing, Oh Lord, I am in distress. Why? Because they rejected God. I am in distress. My bowels, my inner being is troubled. My heart is turned within me. I have grievously rebelled abroad as the sword breatheth at home. There is as, as death. There's none to come. I sigh. There's none to comfort me. And I'm not saying poor, poor me attitude. Look at his strength. Verse 14. The latter part of the verse. He hath made my strength to fall. The Lord hath delivered me into their hands for whom I am not able to rise up. He said, I'm so weak. Verse number 13, from above he has sent fire to my bones. But he's made me desolate and I'm faint all the day. You church members that are listening over America, my life is filled with pressure. Every day it's, it's wrestling, it's so hard. But there's not a pastor or a church that's been better to a pastor than this church. Stop taking it upon yourself, church members across America and around the world, to be the one that attacks and criticizes the man of God. You cannot raise up your hand. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm certainly not. August, latter week, the last week of August, I had a birthday. I tell you, I've been so showered with gifts by the people of this church and my staff, over above, way over above, embarrassing Beg. Prior to that, the month before was our church anniversary and you shared my wife and I with prayers and gifts and cards. And then came this, I didn't even know it. I felt so ashamed because I don't want to be known as a boss. Not counting school employees. We have about 75 employees here. And it was boss's day. I'm ashamed. It's just these people don't get paid a lot and they just shower me with gifts. And then this morning, someone gave me a card and said it's pastor's appreciation day to day. And that's, that's how this church is. But, but some of you churches, you're neglecting God's man. I want to tell you something. At his best, he's still weak. And some of you have it as your ministry in life. And by the way, you can bless all these men here too. And all the, all the men of God and women of God that we have around here. Encourage them. Say, I don't want to, I want to talk to you. I'm upset. I'm upset with the college. Well, get over it. Stand in line. I'm upset with the Christian school. Well, then you start your own school. I'm upset, I'm upset with the youth group. I'm, get over it. Sometimes maybe you could train your children to learn to battle their own situations and not with their hands, but by learning how to get along with people. Preachers get weary. I'm ashamed to tell you, but the, as Moses and as Noah and as Elijah and as others, Job, there have been a few occasions that said, Lord, it'd be so good if you took me home. I think I'd take a pressure off. I know all that. That's poor me attitude. 
A preacher said to me, who's got a large church, he said, you know what, you ought to talk guys out of going into the ministry because the guys that go in should really know that they're called of God to do this. You can't talk me out of it. I don't know what the end result's going to be. I don't know if my preaching is going to clear out this auditorium. I don't know what's going to turn on us. But I tell you what, I can pillow my head tonight and I can say that he's still on the throne and he's in control. I know I'm out of time. I want you to see a country is affected. God's men is affected. The enemies of the country is affected. Verse 5, her adversaries are the chief of the enemies. They prosper. They prosper. Look at verse number 10. The adversary spread out his hand upon her pleasant things, and she has seen that the heathen entered into the sanctuary. The heathen came into the church. Listen, the word church, we'll see tonight, is ecclesia. It means called out. What God has called us out is from the world. Don't bring the world in here. And so we see when a nation turns from God, the country's affected. God's men are affected. The nation's enemies are affected. They, they have glee. Your children are going to be affected. Did you hear that? Your children. Could you notice verse number five? Her adversaries achieve, her enemies prosper. For the Lord afflicted her for the multiverted transgression. What's the next two words? Her children are gone into captivity. These kids are in bondage. They're in bondage. Look at verse 16. The comforter, the latter part of the verse, should relieve my soul as far from me. My children are desolate. My sweet wife and I have three children. They're all married. Their names are repeatedly, by both of us, brought before the throne of grace daily. And many times a day. We love them so much. They're all in the ministry. We have 14 grandkids. I really, it doesn't matter what happens to me. But it matters what happens to them. I've never said it before. Why do all the guys on Sunday night or Wednesday night go down and I, if another man's preaching, I stand here, sit here. Because I practice things. I know if there's going to be something that happens from some protruder coming in this place, I know what I'm going to do. I've lived a good life. Stand right there, please, for the flood. He's preaching God's word. And I see someone coming in. I promise you this, it's going to be like this. I'm going to back him down away from the, any one of these men, any missionary preaching. I've fought a good fight. I've had a good journey. Those children of his needs him. That son of yours needs you. Those children need you. I want these children in our church to have something I want to have a Christian school that's Christian. I want you to have camp that's Christian. I want you to have youth hours and youth groups and youth meetings in elementary school. That's why I go to elementary chapel, high school chapel, and college chapel. Why I preach every week to those places. I love those kids. They're, they're going to take our spot. I want to get them ready. But because the nation forgot God, 
the children are affected. You go ahead and look at your son or your daughter tonight as they go to bed and think, my, my actions are going to put poverty into their life. Quickly, we'll try to close. How's a nation affect God? How is God affected? Well, verse 18 tells you, the Lord is righteous, for I have rebelled against his commandment. Here I pray you all the people and behold my sorrow, my virgins, my young men are gone into captivity. Look at verse 19. I call for my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and my elders, they gave up the ghost in the city and they sought their meat to relieve their souls. Sin breaks the heart of God. Turn with me in closing to the next book back, Jeremiah chapter 6. It's the same writing. I guess I could give an illustration to close, but I think I'll give the scripture to close. Jeremiah 6, he's warning them, judgment's coming, judgment's coming. And he said, to whom, verse 10, chapter 6, I speak and give warning that they may hear. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. They cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them as a reproach. They have no delight in it. You're going to make that choice today. If you delight in the word of God, well, that's a, that's a fool up there. I'm never going back to that church. Therefore, I'm full of fury, of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding it in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of the young men together, even the husband with the wife, that it may be taken the agent with them that are full of days, that their houses shall be turned unto others and their fields, the wives together. I will stretch up my hand upon the inhabitants of the land from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them. Everyone that's given a covetousness and from the prophet and the priest and everyone that deal falsely. They have, they have healed also the herd of the daughter of my people, saying, peace, peace, when there's no peace. Or they ashamed when they committed abomination. Nay, they were not ashamed. They could not even blush. Verse 16, thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest to your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. My job is just to deliver the word of God. Now what are you going to do with it? Yes, elections are coming, but this goes way beyond the election. I believe God could still heal our land. The next event on God's timetable is the rapture to take Christians out and then the judgment of God on seven years on planet Earth, judgment. In one of the judgments alone, one-third of the population will die from the hand of God. How could a good God do that? God is righteous. And man that continues to reject God, he has warned and warned and he gave us churches, he gave us pastors, he gave us families and the word of God's been warned and we've sent it around the world and we've said, I don't want to hear it. Well, there's coming a day you want to hear it. You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. So the rapture, the judgment. But I just believe, you've heard me say it for so many years, I believe God could send one last sweeping revival 
because the Father and the Son know when the trump of God sounds and the rapture of the church takes, is taking place and Christians leave this planet, judgment begins. God knows what's going to happen and he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't glory in the death of anybody. But when we pronounce death on our life because we reject God and we let the movie stars and the sports personalities and, and the media and the government decide what we believe, we're bringing destruction to our lives. I played with you. I don't, I, I'm too old to ask you to like me. That's not the answer. And I know I'll get letters this week or emails. I know that. I deliver to you not in hate, but in the Christian love and warning. Judgment's coming. When a nation forgets God, we're at the verge of judgment. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.